You're listening to IBGR, our call sign for the Internet Business Growth Radio Network. The broadcast frequency is our URL, and that's IBGR.network. We provide live and recorded shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on what an entrepreneur or small business consultant needs to grow their operation from zero to big. How big? Up to you. IBGR focuses on the 180 million English-speaking small business owners around the world in four major markets, North America, Australia, Oceania, the Indian subcontinent, and United Kingdom, Europe, and Africa. All of these six-hour cycles are delivered in six major themes, strategy, operations, sales, people, ownership, and consulting. The first four tracks, strategy, operations, sales, and people, are the day-to-day tactical issues all entrepreneurs face. The fifth track, ownership, takes the conversation to the next level. How can an owner working in the business make the transition to an executive of a multi-million dollar firm by working on it? Our last track, consulting, is for our brothers and sisters with the same mission as IBGR, helping small business owners grow. I bet you didn't know that 57% of everybody on the planet is employed by a small business owner. Let's team up and help business owners increase generational wealth for themselves and their family while creating good jobs in their local community. Our team has over seven decades of helping and building businesses. We have turned those years of experience into radio shows and downloadable tools that any entrepreneur, whether you're an independent contractor, solopreneur, or business owner, can apply immediately. All you have to do is download, listen, apply, and engage. Download the show notes that address current issues in your business. Listen to the show live or as a podcast. Apply the information and tools. Engage us with your experience and feedback. And if you really want to maximize your time spent with IBGR, join our community and have access to our toolbox. This just scratches the surface of what you will receive every day at IBGR. The opportunity to grow with us is only limited by your imagination and persistence. Let's grow together and put the world back to work. Thanks for listening. around the world, you are listening to IBGR Network, now known as International Business Growth Radio Network, Profit Radio. I'm Wendy Dickinson, your host for today's show, Catalytic Conversations. I'm a business coach who works with owner-founders at the intersection of life and business. Hey guys, I really want to encourage you to join the IBGR community. This is a community for network, networking for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs for meeting the consultants, the, the um, getting your questions answered. This is your community, your community of commerce, your place where you can connect with other entrepreneurs and interact and get your questions answered. So join the IBGR.community where you can network with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And don't forget to download the IBGR app. It's for Android and iOS, is ready and available for download. Just search out the IBGR Business Growth Radio on Android and iOS. You can listen to current programming, on-demand podcasts, read the show notes, and stay current on the news and connect with our on-air talent. Take IBGR with you wherever you go. It's like having your own business consultant in your pocket. 
Today is episode number 12 in our third season in the Entrepreneur Lane at IBGR Network. I am delighted to introduce to you one of my favorite people in the world, Mavis Tang. She is one of the co-founders of Sound, and she's going to take us on the journey, the journey that she and her co-founders have had to this point, and what I'm hoping, because we are on that trend of innovation, that after the show that you heard from last week on innovation and with Jay Carpenter, Mavis offers you another peek into the startup journey of innovation in the midst of a traditional marketplace. And I think you're gonna be surprised at how impactful this company is gonna be. So, Mavis, welcome to the show. Thank you, it's my pleasure to be here. Tell the listeners about, introduce yourself, tell them about, you know, your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Mavis Tang. Uh, I am currently the, a first-year PhD student at Texas Tech University studying management. Um, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in May of 2019 from Texas Christian University. And during my last year there, I was presented with the opportunity to join a team of entrepreneurs and innovators to work on this app. So uh, my other two co-founders, Devin Peplo and Maddie Kingsbury, and myself uh, decided to take this opportunity. Um, essentially, a faculty uh, named Lee Ryan Ma, Dr. Dr. Ma at TCU, um, his mom was visiting from China and uh, he noticed that she was struggling with hearing loss and with the options they had in the market with hearing aids were just so expensive and it took forever for them to get tested and get paired with an audiologist. And Dr. Ma wanted to do something for his mom and he developed an algorithm to um, for this app um at the time it was called distinct sound technology and he had been working on this algorithm since 2016 and wanted to do more with this algorithm and he uh asked for help um in the tc community and the three of us jumped on board um, because the three of us have personal connections to um, the hearing impaired community because of our family and friends and personal reasons. I didn't um, realize that. Wow. Yeah. And um, we started our company in March of 2019. And we um, went to pitch competitions and we actually placed uh, third at the Values and Ventures competition at TCU, um, and I received $15,000 of funding, um, non-equity related. So mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of our first bucket of gold and it helped us take off. And currently we have two developers on our team, one for the iOS system and one for the Android system. We also have a fantastic graphic designer who is working on the UX UI design and also the website. 
Um, so we have a great student team, and we're really excited to see what the future holds for us. Mavis, tell the listeners who may not know a little bit about how traditional hearing um, enhancement works. Absolutely. So um, I think there are different segments uh, Mm -hmm. in the market. Mm -hmm. So one, we have the traditional hearing aids. You know, it could be in-ear, like uh, implant, different types, but they are very high tech because Mm -hmm. audiologists studied for years in order to develop this technology. one downfall is that they are very expensive if you want to get a pair of pretty decent hearing aids they would be around um three thousand to five thousand dollars a pair and And do you insure will insurance pay for that no uh a lot of places insurance do not cover hearing aids which Mm -hmm. is a huge problem for a lot of families because Mm -hmm. it's hard to keep up with the need for hearing aids because you have to replace it every three to five years yeah you know your hearing is still declining especially with age-related hearing loss Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the traditional hearing aid market and we did some research on our current competitors because sound is an app so we looked at the current hearing aid apps in the market and a lot of them kind of work like a regular amplifier where you like this app would just amplify every sound which is actually more damaging to your hearing oh gosh not using it because again um i'll take the age-related hearing loss as an example you're usually uh missing or you know needing amplified this one certain pitch say mm-hmm. like i cannot hear higher pitched noises so i have a deeper voice um and you can hear me just fine but mm-hmm. with high noises you cannot hear as well the regular like what's currently in the market they would just amplify everything so when a user is experiencing the amplification of all ranges they actually you know have the apps damaging their hearing even more because they're not getting what they need particularly. Wow. That's really disturbing. And, and to have it so that because of the cost, it's not accessible for a lot of people for the higher end products. And then to rely on an app, which is then also just amplifying every sound may not be what you need. That too seems really unfortunate. Exactly. And that's a kind, kind of the, like some of the reasons that really pushed us to work on this app and this product so we can help more people. Because from what we've seen, um, a couple of reasons that's stopping people from getting help um, for their hearing loss mm-hmm. uh, are one, the cost of traditional hearing aid, um, two, um, kind of like an embarrassment because mm-hmm. there is stigma around hearing loss and just disability in general, which I think as a society, we need to address that. But until then, we want to provide, you know, what we can to help with our daily life. Um, and these are the two very specific 
reasons that we see people not, you know, utilizing the help that they could get. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because you're all young in college, you mentioned, or were in college when the company started. And, and it sounds like you became aware of this need through some personal things. What, what did you, what finally made you guys say, yeah, we're going to do this? How long did you think about it? We actually jumped on board pretty fast. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because, so first of all, we do believe in the impact this app could bring to yes. the people. Yes. Um, the market is huge because, like, as we're speaking right now, there are about 50 million people who are struggling with hearing loss. And so many of them are not getting the help they need. And like I said before, we have um, family, friends, and actually our, one of our co-founders, Devin herself, experiences uh, hearing loss in one of her ears. So it's an issue that's close to our hearts. Um, and when the three of us jumped on board, I kind of knew both of them uh, prior to this uh like this team. So I knew the three of us could work together really, really well. Mm. And, you know, with the teamwork, that wasn't a problem for me. And after we met and talked to each other about our vision and our goals um, in our own personal lives and with this app, we decided to jump on board pretty fast. That's awesome. Well, Devin, believe it or not, I mean, sorry, Mavis, believe it or not, um, it is time for us to take our two-minute break. So, listeners, we'd like for you to stay tuned because when we come back, I'm going to ask Mavis to share with you guys some of the challenges and obstacles that she and Devin and Maddie ran into. And we can take a look at how they navigated those things. So, I'm Wendy Dickinson with Catalytic Conversations at IBGR.network. And during this break, you could go ahead and visit the IBGR.community download the show notes, ask any questions that you might have, and take a look at downloading that app. So stay tuned, Catalytic Conversations will be right back. station director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity 
to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks. Is your CRM making your business grow? When surveyed, about 90% of business leaders admit that their CRM isn't. The most common cause for that? Salespeople don't use their CRM the way they should. Why not? Well, it takes them too much time and discipline to fill out their CRM completely. And if salespeople don't, the CRM system becomes useless. That's why when we started Salesforce, we asked ourselves, what if we build a CRM system that fills out itself? What if we build a system that services existing data so that you know and remember all about your customers and never forget and disappoint another lead? That's what Salesforce does today. It pulls in all the data buried in your emails, email signatures, calendar, phone, social data, company database, email and web tracking, and offers it to you in an easy way so you and your CRM are always up to date. Want to see this for yourself? Head to salesforce.com and get your free trial. It is actually your community of commerce. It's a community for entrepreneurs to find the answers to their questions, to meet up with other entrepreneurs, and to create, help you create a viable asset from your business. I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson of Ascend Coaching Solutions, where I work with owners at the intersection of life and business. And my guest today is my dear friend, Mavis Tang, one of the co-founders of Sound. Mavis, I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you, Wendy. I'm happy to be here. Well, and now I'd like to share with our listeners a little bit about what it's like to be somebody at your stage of life and being a co-founder, but also the obstacles that you guys have faced. And, And one of the things I would love to hear about is what process you guys went through to prepare your pitch for that in that initial pitch competition and and how that process unfolded for you guys? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so at the time, all three of the co-founders were students at a university. Two of us were seniors and one, Maddie at the time, was a junior in college. So we have to we had to navigate you know, starting a company by ourselves and also managing schoolwork yeah. because it was still very important for all of us. Um, the three of us were all business students and one good thing that, you know, came with a student team was we had resources from our professors and staff members at the university. We received so much help and support from our professors who, you know, loved our project and product and wanted to support us. And um, we pulled 
so many all-nighters to work on our presentation, to work on our business plan, and at the same time, you know, balancing our tests and midterms at the time. Um, and because it, the Battles and Ventures competition was a pitch competition started at TCU, but um, it's been, you know, 10 years, um, and it became this international pitch competition for student business teams. Yeah. And TCU's team had never placed at all, <laughs> you know, during the past 10 years, nine, nine years at the time. Um, and wow, it's their own competition and they never placed. Exactly, because we had, like TCU invited um, business professionals from all over the country to be, to be judges. And we didn't want this competition to just serve, you know, this one school. We actually wanted, you know, student business teams who want to make a difference to succeed, right? Sure. Um, but at the same time, as the TCU team, we had this immense pressure to perform well. And of course, we believed in our product and we wanted to succeed as well. But at the time, we were just one month old. So we, compared to other student business teams who were, you know, in business for two years already, we felt the pressure to, you know, prove ourselves and prove our concept and idea. Um, so we worked super hard um, on our presentation. We worked with the College of Communications. We worked with our business school. We worked with our uh, uh, College of Fine Arts to, you know, refine our presentation skills, to uh, refine our pitch deck in every aspect we could think of. And luckily, we, you know, our hard work was paid off. And um, we got third place. Yay, which was great. So awesome. So Mavis, you said you ended up getting $15,000 as a result of placing third in the pitch competition. How do you think it's different for student entrepreneurs uh, to seek out funding versus somebody who's had a couple of companies under their belts? That's another great question. So I, I, I feel very conflicted on this because it's not like I could change my student status. Right. Um, this is, you know, who we are and this is what we have uh, in our hands. But I see it kind of as, as a student team, we have more opportunities to attend pitch competitions and receive um, non-equity required funding. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to give away anything in order to receive funding, which is a great thing. Yeah, that's um, an important point. I think our listeners should understand. Would you mind explaining that just so that listeners understand what the difference is? Yeah, absolutely. So when we participated in the pitch competition, um, we didn't have to give out any of our equity. So the three of us um, evenly distributed the equity uh, of our company, mm-hmm. and we just received $15,000 um, from the competition because people believe in our idea. And we had great donors, you know, contributing to the pool. Yeah, and I understand that um, one of the mistakes that entrepreneurs can make when they're seeking funding is to not really think through 
when the funding is given and connected to equity shares. Exactly. Um, and that's another thing that we were trying to navigate mm-hmm. is when would be a good time for us to give out fund, uh, equity uh, in exchange of funding or you know just investment in general. Yeah. Um, so far, we have not given out any of our equity because um, one is we have not released our app, so it's difficult to get an estimate uh, of our company value. And in that way, it's more difficult to say, okay, this is the percentage we are going to give our investors because we can't really prove our value um, and we don't want to, you know, casually give out any equity to people we don't trust because that's another thing because once you give out equity you know people have power in your company um and maybe that is another thing that you want to you know take things through yes absolutely because it also dilutes the value of the equity that remains so i think that's a really important point and the fact that you guys have continued to uh, really self-fund. I don't know if you realize this, but only 11% of businesses in the U.S. start off fully funded. All the others don't. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that low. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's interesting because all three of our founders are business students. So we were taking um, classes in like new venture development and, you know, corporate entrepreneurship and all these entrepreneurship related and management related classes. And we were learning a lot as we were you know, developing our company. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we learned in class was, you know, the different ways to get initial funding. And it was so, I personally, I still think to this day that we were extremely fortunate that we didn't go through the, you know, self-funding as in like paying out of pocket or like asking friends and family to invest uh, in our initial stage. And we, you know, got $15,000 right off the bat at a pitch competition. And we're still using that money to pay our developers today. Um, So we've been, I think we've been doing a pretty good job managing that money and you know, getting what we need, um, the necessities out of that. Mavis, what are some of the other challenges that you and Devin and, and Maddie face as co-founders? Um, so because all three of us are business students, um, sometimes investors would ask a lot of technical questions uh. that we are not equipped to answer fully. Um, Of course, we understand how our app works, you know, um, on a general level, because Mm -hmm. we have to know that in order to run this company, right? Right, right. There are a lot of technical, like programming questions that a lot of like um, health tech related Mm -hmm. investors are interested in that we couldn't answer. But luckily, we've been able to um, hire great developers who are also current students um, working on this app. And whenever they go to pitch competitions with us, they would be the ones 
answering the technical questions. Um, but another one would be still our, you know, student status mm-hmm. kind of like sometimes would translate to lack of experience sure, or, you know, um, just doing this as a side hustle and you're not really paying attention or you're not devoting your effort and time and energy into this product and we shouldn't invest in you. But that is not the case because all three of us are very passionate about this project and we work like rigorously on this project so it could succeed. That is so helpful. Thank you for sharing those things, Mavis. Of course. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take a break. Um, So listeners, we'll be right back. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Mavis to share with us some of the things that she feels like entrepreneurs need to know. And for those of you who are in established companies, and if you feel like this topic is not relevant to you, I would ask you to consider how many pivots, how many changes, how many ways have you been challenged to overcome the circumstances of the pandemic in 2020? My guess is almost every company in the, in the world has changed how they do business to some extent as a result of the pandemic. And Mavis's and her co-founder's journey as far as that startup mentality, that innovative mindset is the mindset that each of you and your traditional companies want to nurture so that you can navigate any obstacles in the future. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Hit up the website. your CRM making your business grow? When surveyed, about 90% of business leaders admit that their CRM isn't. The most common cause for that? Salespeople don't use their CRM the way they should. Why not? Well, it takes them too much time and discipline to fill out their CRM completely. And if salespeople don't, the CRM system becomes useless. That's why when we started Salesforce, we asked ourselves, what if we build a CRM system that fills out itself? What if we build a system that surfaces existing data so that you know and remember all about your customers and never forget and disappoint another lead? That's what Salesforce does today. It pulls in all the data buried in your emails, email signatures, calendar, phone, social data, company database, email and web tracking, and offers it to you in an easy way so you and your CRM are always up to date. Want to see this for yourself? Head to salesforce.com. This is William Eastman, Managing Partner for BrokeWorks Media and Station Director at IBGR. If you listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. 
It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you. is our call sign as a radio station, but we're so much more than a radio station. We are a network. I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson, here with my guest, Mavis Tang, one of the co-founders of Sound. This is episode number 12 in our Elaine season three at ibgr.network. And I'd encourage you guys to go to our website, download the show notes, Take a look at the app, download that, and there's a great gift. We have an ebook for you. So, Mavis, it's been so your company is how old now? Um, it would be it's almost two years old. Um, it okay. would be it'll it'll turn two in March of twenty one. So, how did you determine the viability of your product? Um, that's a great question. Uh, it's a lot of market research. Um, it's kind of, you know, it has different aspects. First, there has to be a market need. Mm -hmm. And essentially what we're doing is to find the gaps in the current market. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said before, there are a lot of them, um, because people are not being able to afford the you know, product or there's a vanity issue that's related to it and all the different things that the current products in the market aren't fulfilling. And that's when we come in. Mm -hmm. And so who did the market research? Did the three of you do it? Did you get somebody else on the team to do it? How, how does that work for you guys? Yeah. Uh, so the three of us did the most of the market research. Um, and of course, uh, we didn't just Google everything. We reached out to uh, industry experts. Uh, we worked with the Miller Speech and Hearing Clinic mm-hmm. on TC campus mm-hmm. to uh, learn more about hearing loss in general and how we can combat that. But um, I actually love that we're on the topic of um, working with audiologists. It kind of reminded me of something else, which is kind of difficult um to work or like disrupt or potentially disrupt a very traditional and stable market because you know um with how things have worked in the past you know if you experience hearing loss you go to an audiologist and then you do an assessment and you get pair of hearing aids but right now they have the option to you know download an app and do an at-home test and you know get the help they need without 
talking to audiologists. So there was this tension. Um, you know, it felt like the, the audiologists um, expressed their, their their concerns that this app might not perform as well as traditional hearing aids, which we agree because it is not set out to do that. We're not here to take away the benefit of traditional hearing aids. We're just here to be a complement like to the traditional hearing aids if people can afford them. And for the ones who cannot, this could be their primary choice. Yeah, that's such an important distinction, I think. You know, it it I um interviewed a guy last week whose name is Jay Carpenter and he and his wife have started um a watch company, like a traditional analog watch company. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, I we love smartwatches because it's gotten people in the habit of wearing a watch. So for us, this is just another segment of that market. And it sounds like that's what you and your co-founders worked hard to establish with the audiologist so that it becomes actually another tool for the audiologist to offer clients who can't or customers who can't afford that yes exactly Hmm. wow okay so the other question i have for you is how how do you and your co-founders navigate things like differences of opinion or different ideas i mean are are you guys like i know during covid everybody's working from home but i mean are you guys like in general in contact every day i mean would you be in the same office i mean what how's how do you guys have things set up mm-hmm. um so covid of course changed everything um, right for all of us um but uh currently we have been meeting every single week uh every monday night we meet as a whole team uh, not just the three of us but also our two developers and our graphic designer because currently we have a small team so like schedule wise it is manageable to do that and uh, usually after that big group meeting the three of us would stay behind and talk a little bit more about strategic planning and you know everything to like assess the situation that we have in hand um i would say with uh different opinions. So far, the three of us have worked together really well, um, especially when it comes to accommodating, you know, each other's lives, um, because we are also working on like other things, both of them have full-time jobs and I'm in a doctoral program. So it is pretty demanding, you know, our just lives in general, but we are able to um work with each other so if this week i have a lot of tests the two of them would take on more responsibilities Mm -hmm. and then next week when i'm you know relaxing a little bit i can do more um so right now it's kind of that's how we are distributing tasks Mm -hmm. and um but we are all in it together and that's what's keeping us together like we have the same goal and we want our company to succeed and that's why whenever we make a decision we don't really doubt each other's intentions mm-hmm. saying are you doing this for your personal interest and, you know disregarding what our company wants that's not the case at all so we don't have to worry about that which it offers a great foundation of trust so where are you guys in your development at this point 
Um, so uh, we our iOS developer actually just sent us another uh, re- more refined beta version. Um, our team is going to test it and see how it sounds, how it works. He added a couple of um, new features, and we are hoping to release it by the end of um, January or February. That's super exciting. Wow. So what have been some of the other obstacles that you guys have had to navigate as you went through this process? Uh, Yeah. So one thing with COVID that was a very direct impact, both from the business side and the development side. Mm -hmm. So from the business side, um, we were going to compete at another pitch competition and we were guaranteed um, funding because we were the top 10 out of the top, uh, 50 teams who you know competed um, but that competition got canceled and we weren't able, we weren't able to do it mm-hmm. but that's um, just the business side and with the development side we were going to do in-person testing at uh, nursing homes and um, the Asian healing clinic but again because of covid, we of course couldn't do anything in person, and especially with the population we're working with, they're especially you know at risk. Um, so we couldn't do any of that, um, and that's kind of like the main challenges uh, that we faced this year. And um, but we are still really confident with um, the product we have in hand. So. Um, we're excited to see how it'll go. Yeah. So it sounds like COVID has created a delay, but not necessarily um, put an by any means put an end to what's possible with this company. No, not at all. Right. Um, actually, um, because of COVID, it kind of opened our eyes to more possibilities. Because one thing, you know, with wearing masks being the norm it actually, you know, adds to the burden of hearing impaired population because a lot of them lip read to get by. And now with masks, they cannot lip read anymore. So we're hoping that with our technology, they're able to hear better. Wow, that's amazing. You know, I often recommend to my clients that they look at an obstacle or a quote unquote problem, and I'm doing air quotes here, of Mm -hmm. where they try to see what the opportunities are within the obstacle. And that is a great example of how you guys have done that. Did you see anything else? What else did you learn from COVID? Um, The importance of communication. Mm. Sounds cliche because... You know, everybody talks about how important communication is, but that's because it actually is essential to the success of a team and a company. Um, We always uh, prioritize open communication. If we have any questions about anything or doubt in any part of our process of development, we talk about it and we solve this problem together as a team and that is just so crucial to the success of our company and just you know personal relationships in general oh that's great let's dive into that more in our next segment 
So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive into this more. So listeners, if you're looking for more one-to-one help to grow your business, check out our business directory of vetted professionals in all four of our market segments. Choose your market segment and reach out using the contact information or heck, join the igbr.community and join one of our mentoring groups. You've been listening to Catalytic Conversations. This is episode number 12 in season three. I'm Wendy Dickinson with my guest, Mavis Tang, co-founder of Sound. And we'll be back. listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule, links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you. Nothing's good that uses this is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks.
WGR is our call sign as a radio station, but we are so much more than a radio station. We are a network. I'm Wendy Dickinson, your Catalytic Conversations host, here with my guest, Mavis Tang, co-founder of Sound. Mavis, I'm so glad you're here with us today. We are have been talking about innovation for the last couple of weeks on Catalytic Conversations, and I just so admire what you and Maddie and Devin have done to kind of offer this innovative piece, this innovative app into what is a very traditional marketplace. And when we closed out the last segment, we were talking about the importance of communication. And you're right, that sounds like a cliche, but it is so important. So how do you guys like communicate the vision that you have for sound to people like your developers and, and to your graphic designer, for example? Yeah. Um... The one thing that we always talk about first is our hopes and dreams um, for the company. Like, if there's no obstacles in our future and we get everything just perfectly done, where do we want this company to be? And that's obviously the perfect scenario that is difficult to achieve but that kind of paints the picture for everybody working on this it's like oh that is what we might be able to accomplish you know and from there we kind of um works backwards to our daily tasks like what can we do today to contribute to that vision in the future and um, I'm very proud to say that I do believe that everybody on our team believes in the impact that our product could make. And we all feel this connection to the product and our vision. Well, that's great. I have to tell you that um, I had a laugh with a client the other day who um, shares the vision for the company at an annual meeting in a 20 minute talk. And, oh, wow. and then gets frustrated because the developers are not on board. And my question was, how realistic is it to expect that people will remember the vision of that person when it's only told to them in, in a 20 minute talk once a year? That's right. I, I'm just thinking. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you guys talk about your vision every time you meet um yes but it's not the same like spill every time because right. that gets repetitive and old sure. and you know you don't really want to hear the same thing every time instead we kind of have like testimonials because even though we are you know working in different locations we're still actively trying to gather the network um like geographically close to us. So whenever I meet someone new and they ask me what I'm working on, I tell them about my company and everybody does the same. And we share that excitement that we got from our new friends and new connections that we just made. And they feel that as well. And that's what really brings us together every meeting. Oh, so that's what you bring back. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That is really a great use of those connections, but also it serves to 
bind everybody together. You get buy-in from everybody. Wow. Yes. And I have to say, what's interesting to me about this is that you guys all have your own other responsibilities, right? So your company is not the, the one thing that you have on your plate. Each no. of you have other things. Whereas mm -hmm. my client that I just mentioned, I mean, he has a family, all of that for sure. He has a personal life, but his company is his main focus. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering how many other established companies out there could take a page from your playbook and use that to make sure that everybody in the company has access to that information so they have the opportunity to buy in. Hmm. So let me ask you this. When you say you reverse engineer and, and so then you use that feedback, that excitement and the vision itself to assign tasks, is there ever any question about who's going to do what, when, or how do you guys decide that? Um, at this moment, uh, the tasks are pretty clear because um, it is mostly like technical mm. tasks mm -hmm. um, that goes into our uh, developers and graphic designers. Um, with, you know, like more marketing side of things, the three co-founders kind of look at our own schedules and jump in when necessary. And when we move forward, it will be more concrete, you know, with the division of tasks. But at this moment, I think that is the most reasonable thing for us to do. Mm -hmm. So is there any way that listeners can participate in, in the beta testing of the app? Yes, absolutely. So um, the listeners, if you go to soundapp.com, so it spells S-O-U-N-D-E-A-P-P.com. Um, if you go to that website, you could see at the bottom of the page, um, the section for you to um, sign up for our emails. And we could, uh, and when the time comes, we're going to email out the link to our beta test and um, hopefully get a discount for you as our first, you know, supporters. So I'm not going to hold you to this, but what what is the range of pricing that you guys are looking at? Is that a, is that a an okay question to ask? Yes, absolutely. Um, so it is a subscription based app. Oh, so okay. if you subscribe, um, like monthly, like I'm just going to subscribe this month, you would pay $13.99 per Wait, month. $1,399? $13.99. Oh my goodness. $13.99. That is, so even over the course of a year, I'm going to round up Mavis because Mavis, the numbers are not my thing, as you know. But yeah. um, so really, you could even do that. Wow, that is amazing. So like for $168 a year. Yeah, but here's the catch. Okay. Not only if you... Um, subscribe monthly if you just go ahead and subscribe for six months it would averages average out to eleven dollars and 99 cents per month and then if you subscribe um for a whole year just you know once and done for the whole year it would average out to nine dollars and 99 cents and 
do you have certain um, are there certain technology requirements like does somebody have to have a particular brand of earbuds or do they have to have a particular brand of cell phone not at all so with wow. cell phone yes um, because right now we're working with the iOS system um, okay. the Android system is under development we're working on that and hoping to get it out as soon as possible but right now uh, if you're an iPhone user fantastic um and with the earbuds or headphones you can use whichever headphones you're already using it could be you know the wire headphones you know five dollar pair from walgreens or it could be you know beats um the, the bluetooth headphones or it could be airpods whichever would work that's amazing and so were there any challenges around those things or or did it just did the the algorithm lend itself to that um yes we had our challenges um so especially with bluetooth headphones there's a lag just by nature um but our developers have been working on the lag and the bug um really rigor rigorously and right now even with the like Bluetooth headphones, there's almost zero lagging. Wow. And um, of course, if you have, you know, a pair of, you know, more upscale um, Bluetooth headphones, it would work better. But with wired headphones, there's no problem whatsoever. So Mavis, believe it or not, we're coming down to the end of our time together today. And I'm just wondering, what what advice would you give somebody if they want to come out with a new innovative product? I would say the one most important thing is to ask for help wisely. Mm. Um, because it doesn't matter how many people are founding the company together whether you're by yourself or you have a team, you can't do it alone. Yeah. And you can't just do it with a founding team. You need other expert opinions. You need their knowledge because by yourself, you're never going to know everything so well that you can run you know, all the aspects of your company smoothly. So I would say definitely ask for help and you know, just believe in what you're working on and care about it and have, be passionate about your project and your product. And um, good luck. Oh, that's great, Mavis. Thank you so much for being here today on Catalytic Conversations. I know our listeners are going to get so much out of your words of wisdom and your experiences. So thanks for sharing those. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh. Listeners, next week, tune in to join Catalytic Conversations for my next guest, Jay Cowan of Business Owners Exit Strategies. I'd love for you to stay tuned for James Bryant of Better You For You, an entrepreneur's journey, and visit our website, ibgr.network, ibgr.community, join the community of commerce, download the app, and there's a fabulous ebook there for you on business growth strategies. 
I'm Wendy Dickinson with Catalytic Conversations.